Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining me today and for making Next on the Tea a part of your day. We are brought to you today by the great folks over at the French Lick Resort, the Bobby Jones Company, Frogger Golf, our friends over at Orange Whip, makers of the Orange Whip Trainer. And folks, if you haven't checked out the Orange Whip yet, you really need to take a look at what a great way it is to limber up before your rounds and improve your club head speeder. Really just kind of get your swing right back to going up, you know, after uh, having the winter off. Go check out the Orange Whip. And folks, there isn't a better way, like I say, to get prepared for your rounds of golf than by swinging the Orange Whip. My father, 73 years old, plays five days a week. He's using the Orange Whip to loosen up before his rounds. It's helping you know me I not only limber up and improve, improve my club head speed take a look at what a great training aid it is by going online and seeing for yourself at orangewhiptrainer.com also want to send out a big thank you to our friends over at Callaway Golf you know they've recently come out with a, a new line of Odyssey putters and you know folks the difference between tour players and we regular players well is pretty much everything but when it comes to putting the best players in the world generate topspin at impact, and most of us just don't. Well, the new O-Works Micro Hinge insert from Odyssey Putters lifts the ball at impact and releases it with you know instant topspin, regardless of what your putting stroke is like. So in short, Micro Hinge helps roll the ball for you. The new O-Works Micro Hinge insert from Odyssey is in stores now. Go to, go to odysseygolf.com to learn more. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I've got you know a pair of great teachers of the game that uh, will be joining me. And first up, I'll get a return visit from a guy I really enjoyed having on the show late last summer, and that's Andy Trainer. Andy is a great golf coach and an instructor. He is a TrackMan master professional. He teaches down at the courses at Waters Creek in Plano, Texas. We'll talk about how to uh, you know effectively dust off our golf swings, right? And uh, you know we'll see what all of those numbers, what those numbers mean that the TrackMan shows us when we get into one of those simu- simulators. Andy's, like I say, a master track man professional, so Andy will join me here in just a few minutes. Following him, I'll be joined by Sue Weger. You know, like Andy, Sue is a great instructor, and she does a great job focusing on the mental side of the game. She's written a wonderful book titled Golf, The Last Six Inches, Change Your Brain, Change Your Game. So we'll talk about, you know, how to turn the negative talk that we do to ourselves, right, whether it's out on the golf course or just in our heads when we're playing around the golf, right, we'll talk about how to get rid of that and turn that into a positive. Looking forward to having Sue join me here a little bit later on in this half hour. So it's going to be another informative show this morning. Thank you so much for being here and taking the journey with me over the next hour. And like I mentioned a moment ago, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort, which is an absolutely spectacular place. Their Pete Dye and Donald Ross design courses were ranked number one and number two in the state of Indiana by Golf Week. It was the site of the 2015 Senior PGA Championship, and last fall they hosted the LPGA Legends Championship. Go to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself how great a place it is and to book your stay. And speaking of great, if you joined us last week, you heard about the meteoric rise of the Bradley Putter Company from concept back on Black Friday to one of the sensations at the PGA Merchandise Show here just a few weeks ago in late January. Bradley Converse, the uh, the owner of Bradley Putters, joined me last week, and we're proud to be partnering with Bradley to help promote their unique and outstanding line of putters made from burl wood. People are raving about these putters, and I'm excited to get mine. They are custom-made based on the shape and the colors that you like. Go online to bradleyputters.com to see how fantastic this new line of putters really is. And every week here on Next on the Tee, we like to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women who are serving in every branch of our military, tuning in around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. 
We want to thank all of you for the daily sacrifices that you and your families are making to protect our freedoms and our liberties. We also want to thank our veterans out there for all that you and your families have done for us over the years. If it wasn't for you, there wouldn't be an us. So thank, thank you so much for doing what you do. It's through your strength and your efforts that our way of life continues to be possible. So folks, if you happen to see a member of our military when you're out and about in your daily life, wherever you might be, grocery store, restaurant, airport, please stop for a moment and tell those folks thank you. They are our true heroes. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and all the wonderful folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It is such an honor for us to have Next on the T as part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. And I also want to remind our veterans out there, be sure to continue to check out globalvoiceforveterans.org. What a great site with news and articles and a wealth of information that's specifically geared towards our veterans out there that I'm sure you're going to find both interesting to, interesting to you and beneficial. Again, globalvoiceforveterans.org. also want to send out a big thank you to our good friends over at Podbean for making Next on the Tee and our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, regularly featured podcast both on their website and on their mobile app. You can see us featured on their homepage and in their sports and recreation section. We really appreciate their support and what they're doing to help us promote our shows. It means a great deal to us, folks. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we hope you're doing it via the Podbean podcast app. And on their app, you can get instant updates every time we publish a new episode. It's free. It's got great features to let you easily discover, listen, and even publish a podcast for yourself. Whether you use an Android or an iPhone, Podbean is the app for your podcasting needs. Get the app now on Google Play or the Apple App Store so you can enjoy more of the podcasts that you love. And we hope two of them are next on the T and Thursday Night Tailgate. Again, podbean.com. All right, now joining me on the uh, French Lick Resort guest line is Andy Trainer. Let me remind you about Andy's background. He is a TrackMan Master Professional and Lead Golf Instructor at the Plain Truth Golf Academy located at the courses down at Waters Creek in Plano, Texas. Andy spent several years as a uh, teaching professional and head golf pro over in England at clubs like Chestnut Park Golf Course and in uh, Chingford Golf Course just outside of London. Turned pro back in 1984. Like I said at the top of the show, I had such a great time talking with Andy last summer when he joined me, so I'm very excited to have him back again with me here on Next on the Tee. Good morning, Andy. Thanks for coming back on the show. Good morning, Chris. Um, pleasure to be back and, and, and a pleasure to be uh, on the Armed Forces Network Radio. Um, any person that, that, that dedicates their life to serving their, their country has my total admiration, um, and, and they're certainly a better person than me for doing that. I appreciate you saying that, Andy. So, Andy, it's, it's, it's been a few months. Catch us up. How are things going at uh, Plain Truth Golf Academy and uh, what's going on down there at Waters Creek? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty busy. Um, my first year um, in, in the States um, working, so it, it's obviously been a, a little bit of a change for me, certainly getting used to the hot weather and the sun every day. I'm kind of used to pretty much uh, wet and uh, dreary weather coming from England. And so it's, it's kind of pretty good to be able to look out most days and see the sun. And even if, if one day I don't see the sun, I'm pretty certain that the next day I'm going to. So it's fantastic. It's a pleasure to work with my fellow instructors, um, Jake Sandusky, Joe Brown, and Chris O'Connell. Um, and certainly it's uh, the courses at Waters Creek uh, is a facility provided by the, the City of Allen. It's a fantastic facility open to 
to the public um, couldn't have a better practice facility. And, and Andy, for those that aren't familiar with Waters Creek, talk about the courses that you have down. You've got three courses down there on site. Talk about uh, each one of those courses a little bit. So we have a, an 18-hole an golf course um, redesigned by DA Wyvering um, a few years back. Um, did a great job redesigning the golf course. It was kind of a funky golf course before, named as, known as Chase Oaks. Um, he did a, an absolute fantastic redesign. Um, great golf course. Um, it, you know, it, it's got everything that you need in, in a golf course. You can play it, obviously, from whichever tee you, you, you choose to. So it's great for people who, who are going to hit it a long way or not going to hit it a long way. Um, it's got some, some great feature holes. Um, and then aside to that, we have a nine-hole par 30 golf course. Um, superb for getting... Um, we, we, we do a lot of work out there with our juniors. Um, anyone kind of just wanting to play a quick round of golf as opposed to playing 18 holes. And then aside to that, we have a six-hole par three golf course. Holes ranging from 60 yards through to 95 yards. Um, we get the, all our players out on that as, as quickly as possible. One of the things um, back in England that, that we really struggled with is that facility-wise, we would um, be teaching people and, and it would be a long time before they get on a golf course. So we may have a, a complete beginner coming um, and we may get them on the golf course on the first day so they become very accustomed to, to the golf course. Um, they're learning on the golf course, which I think is a, is a much better way of, of doing rather than just learning out on, on the practice tee. Because ultimately, they need to perform out on the golf course. Why would you want to practice out on the tee all day when you're actually going to, to play it on the golf course? We also have a 50-station a golf range. Um, it's just everything that you, you'd want. There's a, a, a three-green uh, chipping area. As I said, it's just a fantastic facility, um, and I can only thank the City of Allen for providing that. And Andy, as you mentioned a moment ago, you know playing conditions are awfully, you know, awfully different between what you experienced over, you know, in England and what what we have here. Did that change your style of teaching? You know, the game. Did you have to, you know, change a philosophy or a style because it's it's not as wet and it's a, you know, like I say, you know, you look at you know the, the types of courses that you have over there, the link style, you know, that, that you're probably more used to playing, and then it's a, it's a, it seems like it's a different setup and a different game here. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I changed my um, teaching philosophy. I mean, I'm um, one of my mentors, Mr. Jim Hardy. Um, he was a um, his his mentor was Mr. John Jacobs, who great golf teacher. Um, known all across the world who, who recently passed away. Um, John's philosophy that he passed down to, to Jim, who's then passed down to many other instructors, including myself, is that the only thing that, that matters is that impact is correct and repeatable. The method for achieving that is of no consequence, so long as that impact is correct and repeatable. Now, so... With, with regards to, to impact, too many people are looking at golf swings and looking at the shape of the golf swing. Well, the shape of the golf swing isn't what necessarily brings about changing ball flight. What brings about changing ball flight is the way that the club contacts the ball. And so a golf swing is either too shallow 
or too steep. Too steep a golf swing will bring about certain ball flights. Too shallow a golf swing will bring about certain other type of ball flights. Now, each of those ball flights is useful in a particular scenario. Um, if, how I kind of describe golf shots is this. It is a little bit like um, a weed in a, in a botanical sense. So in the botanical world, the term weed has no, there is no plant that is actually a weed. You can have the most beautiful plant, put it in the wrong location, and it's considered a weed. That same plant in the correct location is considered a beautiful plant. That's how I think about impacts and the ball flights. So if I'm trying to hit a, let's say, a, a drive off a tee, and I produce a, a high uh, ball flight from a steep impact, my golf ball's not going to go very far. However, that same impact might be perfect when I'm hitting a flop shot over a bunker. And so too many people are trying to create the same impact for every golf shot. I want to create a different impact for every type of golf shot. So if someone there is, is hitting a slice off the tee, they, they get rid of their slice, and then when they come to stand on a hole where they might want to produce a slice, they don't necessarily know how to do it, whereas probably for most of their life, they were producing slices. And they would love to then produce a slice on a left and right dog leg. So people must understand to look at impacts and ball flights as opposed to looking at swing shapes. Every one of those impacts and ball flights is useful in the correct situation. Every one of them is either a beautiful plant or it's an awful weed. Very good. So, Andy, for, for those of us that are living in areas where, you know, it's just now starting to get warm enough where we can, you know, start thinking about, you know, dusting off our golf clubs and getting back out onto the golf course, what, what should we do to get ready to, you know, get our bodies ready, get our golf swings ready to, you know, start playing the game again? Well, it, it, first of all, if you're the type of person that, that sits in a chair most of the day, then you want to start to create some movement. Um, people who are generally keeping themselves in reasonably good shape, stretching, maybe working out a little bit, um, obviously got that much more an advantage than someone who's sat on the couch all winter um, watching, watching the football. Um, as, as I've done most of this year, starting to, to learn all about American football, and it's been fantastic. Go Cowboys, I should say. Um, <laughs> But one of the great um, things that, that I like to, to use is, is one of your sponsors, the Orange Whip. The Orange Whip is a fantastic tool for you starting to swing a golf club without necessarily um, trying to create an impact. So I would, I would say to everybody, first of all, start moving, but then certainly start swinging that Orange Whip. Um, that's that has we, we use that all the time on the tee. There's lots and lots of uses. And I think I've had one of those ever since that was um, was invented. It's a fantastic tool. So, so definitely start making sure that you have functional movement and then start swinging um, with, with just shafts, with orange whips, anything that is not necessarily going to create an impact to start. And then you can move on to hitting golf balls. 
Andy, like I mentioned in your intro, you're a TrackMan master professional. First, you know, for folks that, you know, yeah, I've heard of the TrackMan, but I may not be, you know, necessarily completely familiar with what it is. Talk about what TrackMan is and then, you know, expand on that. And talk about how, you know, what, the, what it helps identify in our golf swings. Okay, so TrackMan was invented um, to make practice more enjoyable initially. So it was invented to track the golf ball on a golf range um, in, in, in uh, Scandinavia so that people would be actually kind of, it would be more fun than just standing there and hitting golf balls. And from there it developed into tracking the golf club. Now, for me as an instructor, tracking the golf club um, has, has been it's been important what TrackMan's come out because they've, they've identified certain stuff that needs to happen. But I don't use TrackMan to track the golf club. I use TrackMan to track the golf ball. The information that I have from the, the impacts um, that a club is, is producing is going to tell me what I need to change. So TrackMan, I use it to look at the distance. I use it to look at the side distance. I use it to look at the spin that's created on the ball, whether it be vertical spin or horizontal spin. And then I will play games on it with my player. So we do a lot of stuff where um, I will call out numbers and that person has to land that ball within a, a particular distance of, of the number that I call out. And that was very difficult to do without a launch monitor. If I'm calling out 175 yards, how do you know that you've hit it 175 yards without a, a track man? And so TrackMan to me is a fantastic tool for honing in somebody's game distance-wise, etc. Um, a lot of the stuff that's kind of out there about spin rates and stuff like that, there are only certain golf clubs that are going to change the spin on a golf ball. Somebody's um, speed of their golf club is very, um, and their impact location is very um, important with regards to the spin rates that they get. But there are only certain golf clubs. I mean, if I looked at probably the, the thousands of people that I've had on TrackMan, their six iron spin rates is not going to be crazy different, nor is their seven, eight, nine through their probably three iron and, and probably even, even three wood. But once we start getting onto the wedges and the drivers, those spin rates can, can change dramatically. The vertical spin rates on, on drivers can, can probably change somewhere in the range of, of, of I, don't, I mean, it's crazy. Can, someone can go from an ideal spin rate, say, of 2,000 RPM, and, and then they can, just by producing the wrong impact, can maybe produce 5,000 RPM uh, vertical spin. Now, that's going to have a major impact on the distance that the ball's going because it creates too much lift. It's kind of just the ball's going to start becoming very vertical in its flight, even if it takes off low, and therefore that's going to lose distance. In the same way, a wedge shot, you might want a wedge shot that goes in there to, a, uh, to a, a front flag that has lots of spin. You might want a wedge shot that goes in there to a back flag with not so much spin. You don't want to be sucking balls away from, from back flags. And so it's very much that stuff that we do. We would work on wedges creating certain types of spins, um, certain types of uh, spinning to a front flag. So we'll call a distance and say, okay, this is a front flag. You need to, to maybe create more spin on this one or and it's a back flag, maybe we don't want so much spin. And so it's a fantastic tool, tool for that and, th and that's how I use TrackMan. Then you talk about spin rates 
Andy. So, you know, like a lot of times when we get into simulators now, you know, we can see what our spin rate is, what our launch angle is. But how do we know if, if the spin rate or launch angle numbers that we're seeing, how do we know if they're good or bad? Well, you can if, – if someone looks – I mean, a, a golf ball, uh, if you like, will curve away from its initial ball flight through something called the Magnus effect. The Magnus effect is a phenomenon in which – a, a spinning object curves away from its initial ball flight. And if someone wants to, um, to sort of get a better idea of that, just go on YouTube. There's a fantastic video where they drop a basketball off of, the, the, um, of a dam in, in Australia. Um, and it shows one with a spinning ball and one with a non-spinning ball. And it's kind of like someone pitching a, a baseball. So you're going to, apply force in a different place on the ball to, to create a ball that, that slides away. And then you're going to try and, if you want to create a knuckleball, you're, not, you're trying to, if you like, let that ball go without um, creating too much force from the fingers, if that makes sense. So, um, and, and I'm no baseball guy, but I, I kind of do understand spin of the balls, whether it be soccer balls, tennis balls, or any ball. Any, any ball is, is, is the same. Um, and so the ideal spin is relative to the launch angle and it's relative to the speed of the ball. So for someone who is creating lots of speed in a golf ball, they don't necessarily need as high a launch angle as for someone who's creating less speed. And therefore, they don't need to create as much spin to keep it in the air. If you were to look at, say, for instance, if we turned on a hose pipe, and this is the kind of the way that I, I try to explain it to, to, to my students. So if we turned on a hose pipe and we had a, a stream of water and we aimed the hose pipe horizontal, so the water was flying out horizontal, we would need a substantial jet uh, power coming through that to keep the, the water in the air. If we turn the hose pipe up in the air, so we were, were um, angling the, the hose pipe upwards, we could then probably um, turn our water down and we would still reach the same type of, of distance with that water. And that's kind of what launch, launch angle, spin rates and speeds, that's what we're looking to do. There are some shots we want lots of spin, there are some shots we don't. And, you know, for the spin that, that um, a, a 36 handicapper who's hitting the golf ball 100 yards with a ball speed of, of 120 needs to be totally different to a ball speed of, say, uh, Dustin Johnson at 185 um, and his launch angle. Andy, you, you talk about on your website, trainergolf.com, about how you're able to get somebody to be able to play better golf right away versus, you know, six months from now, which is what some teachers, you know, hey, it's going to take time. It may take you six months to get better. How are you able to get better results more quickly maybe than some other folks? By analyzing um, impact and ball flight. I mean, prior to meeting um, Jim Hardy and him completely, um, if you like, um, mentoring me on that, I would be a someone who would look to, to change swing shape to produce a different ball flight. And then that might take 
some time. But if someone, say for instance, is hitting a slice, well, a slice is a, a slice is a, a steep ball flight. It's either produced by a heel hit or a face open to the path, generally because the path is to left of the face. Now, if I'm trying to just shape somebody's swing to do that, I would need to, to maybe do that, that little bit of six months' work. I might get the odd one in there. Whereas if I'm just trying to change their impact conditions, I might just put a, so a shallow element of the golf swing into their swing to negate the steep impact. So let's say, for instance, let's take a golf swing, say, for instance, Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson, most people would look at his top of his backswing position and think that it's very shut. Now, on its own, yes, it is a shut face. But does that go to produce him a steep impact? No, it does not. So therefore, if I change his shut face, which is a steep element to a square face, I have now shallowed his golf swing. And therefore, he's going to have too shallow an impact. And therefore, he's going to produce a, uh, a ball flight from the shallow ball flights. Too many, as I say, I mean, I would change golf swings in the past by look. Now I change them by impact and ball flight. And that's how um, plain truth golf instructors uh, work with players to, to change their um, ball flight immediately, which is why the plain truth um, slogan is next ball better. Andy, one of the other things that we, we spend a lot of time on this show talking about is the mental side and our mental approach to the game. You tweeted out something recently that, that caught my eye. It was the phrase, and you just mentioned it, hit the next ball better. So what that says to me is if we've hit a bad shot, or you know, what we should do is leave that shot behind and focus on hitting the next shot better. But it sounds to me like maybe that's not the exact intent that you have for that phrase. What do you mean by that? Well, if you like, I mean, think of any problem. If you can diagnose the problem correctly, and then you can apply the correct solution, then there's no reason for that, uh, whatever the problem is, not to, to improve. So if we can diagnose the impact in the ball flight correctly, then we can look at the golf swing and look at the elements of the golf swing that are producing that that impact and ball flight and as long as we correct them then we should be able to hit the next ball better if we haven't there, there it may be that that person isn't able to do that therefore that comes down to me as a coach to to coach that person um, and that may obviously to get that motor skill um, changed to, to to produce a new motor skill but if, if I'm just standing there watching somebody hit balls, ball after ball, and they're not changing, is that the person that I'm coaching that isn't very good? Or is it my inability as a golf coach to diagnose the problem correctly? And speaking of Twitter, Andy, you know, you've been showing a lot of love and support recently for Hunter Mahan on Twitter. Why the Twitter love for Hunter? A uh, fellow coach of mine, um, Chris O'Connell, has been working with, with Hunter. Um, Hunter, um, obviously, uh, has kind of gone from being one of the world's best players to 
to to not just kind of almost losing his card over the, over the last year. And Hunter's working really hard, um, and it's kind of great to see. And Andy, just a couple more before we let you go. And, and you work with a lot of people at all different levels of the game. Are there a few things that we all seem to do incorrectly that, you know, if we, we, if we just pay more attention to those one or two things, we might be able to hit more quality shots? I'm sorry to repeat myself, Chris, but impact and ball flight. If you correct impact and ball flight as opposed to the look of a golf swing, you're, you're going to to make your your golf game better quicker. And one of the things, just to kind of bring it more on, on a personal level, you know, for me, Andy, and, and my buddies that, that I play with, one of the things that uh, we all seem to struggle with, the, the four of us, is reading greens. You know, when we're playing together, I can't tell you how many times, you know, we go, oh, boy, I thought that ball was going to break the other way. <laughs> is, is, is there a tip that you could give us to help us, you know, more effectively read greens? Um, Aimpoint has been fantastic in um, changing people's perception of, of green reading. Um, so I would definitely get people to, I mean, I work with a, a great golf coach, Jake Sandusky, who is an Aimpoint instructor. Um, uh, prior to working with Jake, I'd been through the Aimpoint, um, if you like, instruction. And, and so to, to read greens with, with your feet as opposed to with your eyes, I mean, there's always, when, you, when you're looking at a green, um, we're always drawn to, to slopes that, that may not be playing um, necessarily a, a role in, in the way that our golf ball is going to roll. So in effect, um, we are starting to, to, to read greens incorrectly. If people were, were to learn, um, go out and get a, a spirit level, stand on a slope with a spirit level so they know that, um, if you like, though, what the slope feels like, where is the weight in your feet? Is it is it is your left foot lower than your right foot? Turn the opposite way around. Is 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 it up here or downhill? Um, so we do that a lot with the, with the juniors that we work with. Is that we get them to to read greens with their feet rather than through their eyes, and and the the kids are just amazing how quickly they pick that up. Um, they kind of mean that they'll read a green. And, and like a 30 foot putt, they'll, they're like down here and it's going to swing two inches from the right. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, and then they'll go ahead and hit the putt and it, and it just does as they say. Just amazing, the, the, the kids. So I would encourage everybody to, to do that, to, to maybe take an aim point class um, so that, you know, you can learn the skills of, of that. Ah, very good advice. Thank you for that. And Andy, before we let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with the things you're doing, follow you online, book a lesson, and uh, keep track of you over social media as well? So you can, you can book a lesson online at plaintruthwaterscreek.com. Um, Twitter, my Twitter handle is uh, at TrainerAndy. I'm on Facebook. I think it's andy.trainer.7. Um, my email is andytrainer at plaintruthgolf.com. I'm happy to answer any questions that, that anybody may have about the game. And if I can help anybody, then great. Very good. And Andy, thank you. People in the armed forces, again, I, mean, I can't tell you how much admiration I have for those people that, that put their lives on the line every day to make the, uh, the country a better place. 
Andy, thank you so much for joining me again today. It's always great to get to, to chat with you. I hope you'll come back again and join me again sometime soon, share more of your, your philosophy, strategies, and, uh, and stories with us. It's, uh, it's been great having you as part of the show again today. Thank you, Chris. A real pleasure to be here. I'd love to come back at some point. Thanks, Andy. Take care. All the best to you and your family, my friend. And to you, too. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Andy. That is Andy Trainer, and, and Trainer spelled T-R-A-Y-N-O-R. So Andy Trainer, and uh, like I say, you know, he's a he's a great follow on Twitter, and uh, you know, a lot of the stuff is fantastic that he shared with us. I got to take a look at that that aim point class because I tell you, you know, that's that's uh, certainly one of the weaker part, parts of my game is, you know, making sure that I'm reading the green you know, properly. So uh, that's, that's some great advice. And I certainly appreciate, you know, the, the kind words Andy had for all of our friends here on the Armed Forces Radio Network, those folks in our military that do so much for us. So thanks again to Andy Trainer for being a part of the show. I've got my next guest, Sue Weger, hanging on the line. We're going to get to Sue on the other side of this station identification. You're listening to Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, heard around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. And now joining me on the uh, French Lick Resort guest line is Sue Weger. Sue has uh, been the owner of her own golf instruction academy for the last 18 years and the executive director of Lifetime Golf Connections. She is the director of education at Yoga for Golfers. She's also written a wonderful book titled Golf, The Last Six Inches, Change Your Brain, Change Your Game. And I'm excited that she is with me here this morning on Next on the Tee. Good morning, Sue. Thanks for joining me. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Oh, it's a beautiful day in here in L.A. I'm just um, going to be uh, speaking here this morning a little bit later and doing a fun Change of Brain, Change of Game workshop here in L.A. at the Oak Creek Golf Course uh, with the Executive Women Golfers L.A. Chapter. So it's a, it's a beautiful day here. Ah, good for you. Beautiful day. And yeah. Sue, I, I want to thank you for your suggestion about downloading the Amazon Kindle app for uh, for reading your book. That worked out really well for me. I, I've really enjoyed getting into your book so far. But talk about the book and what inspired you to write it. Yeah, what inspired me to write it was, you know, as a as an LPGA, we um, and a lifelong learner. I was just. Um, you know, back in the day when I first started learning uh, to play golf, I didn't play golf growing up. I just uh, I was a four-sport athlete, and golf kind of fell into into my life serendipity-wise, and it's been a blessing ever since. And I was a really good player, um, and then I turned professional. And as soon as I turned professional, I kind of lost my own voice, lost my internal um, focus, and I started listening to everyone else. And I realized that everybody else was telling me something different, something different, something different, some mechanics. So I just started to really kind of, um, uh, my life changed when I uh, turned 40. I got breast cancer, I lost my job, and I turned 40. So everybody says it happens in threes. <laughs> well, it surely did. Wow. And, yeah, and um, I found, um, again, another serendipitous moment in my life was I, Catherine Roberts from Yoga for Golf called me up when I was the director of instruction and she wanted to talk to me, and I was just finishing my uh, six-week double mastectomy surgery, and I wasn't playing. And, you know, I said, hey, I can't even swing a club. And she said, just come talk to me. You know, I, I just want to meet you. And we met on the putting green, and it was amazing. She was just telling me she, she was the only person and the first person that taught me how to breathe correctly. So she was standing there, and we were just um, putting away, and she was teaching me to breathe, and I was draining everything. And that's when I found yoga. I, you know, I just dove into it. And then I just started to dive into the mind and body research. And, you know, my mentors growing up, um, 
through the golf career was, you know, David Ledbetter, Mike Hebron, Jim Flick, um, Dana Rader, all of the people that I studied under was amazing. Um, but now who I study, I study now, I, you know, I study Tony Robbins, I stu- uh, Esther Hicks. Uh, I love what Oprah Winfrey does because they're change agents for, you know, our global leadership and the neuroscience, Dr. Debbie Cruz from ASU. So the book came from basically understanding who I was mentally, understanding who I was as a person, and realizing that, you know, the formula of just working on mechanics doesn't work. Like Mike Hebron always says, you know, mindset versus skill set first. So the book came to be, you know, um, just understanding, giving people another option about, well, what's the what's the other option if my game if my mechanics are pure, but I can't score or I can't play. One day I play well, the next day I'm a you know maybe I'm a two handicap, the next day I'm a ten handicap. Why is that? So we just put the whole program together, and um, um, you know I just put the workshops together, change your brain, change your game, and um, it's just changing people's lives. It's not just changing their golf swing, but it's changing people's lives because it's mindset. It's teaching them to have a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. Um, and to, you know, look inside themselves rather than, you know, looking for the answers somewhere else. So that's where Change Your Brain, Change Your Game came up with, came from. So you talked about, you know, learning how to breathe correctly, and all of a sudden you started draining everything. So help us out. <laughs> how, do, how do we need to breathe differently on the, uh, on the putting green to, to be a more effective putter? Right, because usually putting is the, one of the most stressful parts of the game. So... When you focus on your breath, you can't focus on mechanics. Your brain can only focus on one thing at a time. So what we know in um, in yoga is um, diaphragm. You use your diaphragm to breathe. So, for example, um, when you uh, if you put your hand on your chest and put your hand on your belly, just for example, so if your listeners or if you're out there doing this, um, put your hand on your chest, put your hand on your belly, and when you inhale, your belly's supposed to go out, not in. And when you exhale, your belly's supposed to go in. But what happens is when we breathe, when we breathe with, from stress, we breathe, we breathe in our, inside of our chest. And we know with regards to the body, if we're not breathing correctly, you're not oxidating anything in regards to your body. So think about that in putting. So if you, what happens is when we go, body goes into fight or flight due to stress, all of the, all of the um, organs get protected by the oxygen in the, in the body rather than, you know, Thinking about how you lose your feel in your in your putting green in your on your putting um, stance, just think about that. It's like putting is all feel. It's all feel. So if you're stressed and you're not breathing correctly, you're going to be squeezing the putter or not squeezing the putter and, and thinking about well, you know, what if I miss this putt left? What if I miss this putt right? Versus if you focus on your breath, you can't think about any of that. Um, in yoga, we we teach our um, people in regards to yoga and golf. It's like when you take an inhale and an exhale and boom, and then you make a putt, which means you make your, your putting stroke. So there's no stress in regards to the body when you are there. So once you pressurize your arms into your, into your body in your putting stroke, you take an inhale, exhale, and putt. And you just think about that. So it's really, it's a rhythmic type of uh, emotion. Um, you know, you connect with the target after you do your green reading, after you do your pre-shot routine. Then you step up to the ball, you take an inhale, exhale, putt. So it's very simple. Inhale, exhale, putt. But the important, the important part is, is how are you breathing? Make sure that you're breathing, you know, using your diaphragm, not your chest. You know, it, we don't want to be stressful breathing. We want to be calm breathing. And it really helps um, 
Um, the, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I have a little cold here. So it really helps your stroke, and it really helps your focus because you're not focused on your mechanics. You're not worried about, oh, am I taking the putter too much inside or I'm taking it too much outside or make sure I take it back, straight back, straight through, whatever, all those thoughts. We don't want to be thinking about that. We want to just be totally connected to the target and just swing. You know, just like a kid when they throw a ball um, to each other, they're just throwing balls. They're not thinking about, okay, I have to step with my left foot, take my right arm back, yada, yada, yada. It's just create the shot. And that's what golf is supposed to be about. It's about creating the shot. And Sue, we talk an awful lot on this show about, you know, the mental side of the game. And again, your your book is titled Golf, The Last Six Inches, Change Your Brain, Change Your Game, which is a great play mm-hmm. on Bobby Jones's quote, right? You know, about how so much of the game is played in that six inch space between our ears. Mm-hmm. But you caution mm-hmm. right away, right up front in your book, that you know, your book's not a quick fix. Why not? No. It's not a quick fix because our mindset has been, you know, we have so many thoughts and beliefs, especially limiting beliefs, stored in our subconscious. And our subconscious runs 90% of our, our operating system, the way our body works. You know, you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind is 90%. And what's buried all in there is how you were raised, how you were conditioned, what's your limiting beliefs. You know, your self-worth is buried in there. And so you have all of this conditioning that you're fighting. Um, so what's the nice part about understanding about how the brain works, it can be rewired. Back in the day, before they did all this fun um, neuroscience uh, research, we thought that the brain was fixed, which means, okay, here's your DNA, here's your, de- here's your genetics, your um, <clears throat> genetics, and you have no choice. This is, you know, let's say you have uh, the DNA for cancer. Well, we know, doc- based on um, Dr. Bruce Linton's re- research, you know, he has a book called The Biology of Belief. He went through and studied at the cellular level, understanding that you can change your cellular system. And thoughts are energy. Thoughts are things. So um, you can rewire it, but you have to train for it. Just like you're going to go train for your golf swing or you're going to go train how to go play a guitar. Um, you know, the, we ask people when I do my workshops, you know, how much, what percentage of golf is mental for you? And overwhelmingly, everyone says at least 70, 80%. But we don't train for that. What do we train? Our traditional way of, um, you know, golf instruction is mechanics, mechanics, mechanics. Now, don't get me wrong. You definitely, you definitely need skill sets. But it's also you have to have a mindset when you walk in, no matter if you're a beginner or a novice or if never picked up. You know, you have to have a belief understanding that, hey, I, I, I will be able to do this. Um, and that's all buried in your subconscious. But we can rewire that, and that's what we do with Change Your Brain, Change Your Game. We give you strategies to help you um, change the way you feel, change the way you think. Because if you think differently, you'll play differently. And usually what happens is people realize, man, I use this in my life too. And I said, absolutely, because you show up, you know, it's like a shadow. You show up how you show up. Um, Your limiting beliefs are going to show up no matter what because that operating system, your subconscious is what's driving your decisions and your actions because your thoughts come from your belief system. And your thoughts create emotions, and your your emotions create your actions called your gospel. So that's how it's correlated. So the only thing that you can really change out of those that cycle is your thoughts. You can control that. You can't control the speed of the putt. You can't control the length of the green. You can't control, you know, the weather today. But you can control how you think about, um, because what you think about is what we bring about, you know, the, the good old saying, the law of attraction. But... There really is your thoughts are energy, and your thoughts create emotions, and your emotions create your golf swing. 
And so your book talks about, and you, and you allude to this here, right, that, you know, you're going to have us sort of stepping outside of our comfort zone to start a new yeah. way of thinking to achieve our goals. But comfort zone, if, is that, you know, this, the negative thoughts and the, 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 the negative self-talk, is that something that we just become, that becomes our safety blanket, a comfort zone of, of negativity, and now we're going to step out of that? Talk about what you mean by stepping out of our comfort zone. Well, again, you have to train for it because you have to be mindful. The first step of change is called awareness. And so what we do, with, like, for example, with our self-talk in my workshops, the first thing we do is we go out and we give a journal to my, um, to my clients. We go out and play three or four holes. And all we focus on, and we, what we're actually what we write down is, what kind of internal self-talk am I having here today? What am I saying to myself? What kind of language is, am I using? Because your language uh, you know, is your self-talk. So... What's your pattern? Is your pattern saying, well, you know, I'm an idiot when I'm off the first tee or, um, you know, am I stupid? Or we just need to listen to ourselves to find out what kind of self-talk we're using because there's usually a pattern that shows up. And what's nice is we can, we can break the pattern as long as we're mindful. But if you're not mindful and you don't understand what's going on in regards to your own self-talk, I mean, think of it this way. When you're playing with a good friend, when they hit a good shot, you usually say to them, hey, what a great shot, John. But when we get a good shot, what do we normally say to ourselves? And that's the first thing is we step into that and say, wow, I never really own or celebrate good shots, but when I hit a bad shot, what do we usually do? Because the way our body is wired is that when we highly emotionalize something, it gets wired and it gets anchored into our long-term memory. And what happens with that, then it keeps showing up. So if you're in regards to your negative self-talk keeps showing up with, well, I'm an idiot, you know, I'm a, whatever the conversation, the story in your head you're giving, it, you're wiring that and that's why you're getting more of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That makes you know, total sense. And <laughs> just to take that one step further, Sue, you mm-hmm. know, when we're out there, you know, playing, you know, we too often let those, right, those self-doubts and those negative thoughts you know, into our head before we even hit the bad shot. So whether whether we're playing with our mm-hmm. friends or we're looking, you know, at a shot where, you know, we got to hit it over water or, you know, we're playing in a, mm-hmm. in a tournament, when, when those negative thoughts start filling our heads, like, again, before we even, you know, stroke the, you know, or stroke the putt or, 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 or start our mm-hmm. swing, what are some things that we can do to focus on not letting the negative thought go, well, if I hit it in the water here, this is going to happen? How do we stop that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, it's very simple. You want to focus on what you want because most people focus on what they don't want. So like you're, like you're saying in that scenario is you're on a par three and, the, and you're looking out there and there's water in, the, water in front of the hole and there's, there's a bunker on the left, there's a bunker on the back and the bunker on the, on the right. So where's your focus? Your focus is on the hazards. There's no focus on what you want. You focus on what you don't want. And so verbally... You know, you have to, if you are a visual person, an auditory or a kinesthetic, what we teach our players is to understand who they are first. And then we look for cues. So if you're a visual person, we're going to tell you, that, okay, let's focus on what you want visually. Like focus what you want. Just like when you're driving a car, I want to go right there. I just want to go to the middle of the green. That's all I'm focused on. So it's, it's called broad focus versus narrow focus. A broad focus is you're looking at, you know, the entire hole. You're looking at like I said, all of the bunkers. But a narrow focus is about, okay, I just want to go right there in the middle of the green. Literally, I'm just going to go right there. And we have to, I tell myself, I tell my clients, like, you either talk yourself into the shot or you talk yourself out of the shot. So what do you want? Mm-hmm. 
it's it, it, it's all about your languaging because you just have to understand where your focus are because you have to change your state, your emotional state and your physical state. And that's what we teach in our pre-shot routine. We get we call it a um, success protocol. You know, you have a pre-shot routine and there's a focus, there's a language and how's your physiology when you're in your, in your pre-shot routine. And then in your post-shot routine, it's the same thing. What's your focus? What kind of language are you using? And how's your body feel? When you watch um, guys and gals on, on television and after they hit a bad shot, can you tell they hit a bad shot? Some you can, but most of them you can't. They're like, okay, I let it go. I don't emotionalize it. But with most amateurs, you see after they hit a bad shot, what do they either say to themselves or they'll throw clubs? They're emotionalizing all that anger and that negativity. And guess what? That's getting wired into their system. And it keeps showing back up versus we can rewire that. So we talk about focus, language, and physiology in, our, in, in post-shot routines and, and um, pre-shot routines. That's, those are the tools and the strategies that we use. It's called the triad. Tony Robbins talks about it all the time, focus, language, and physiology. And so you talk about there's a difference, right, between playing the game of golf versus working at the game of golf. Talk about what the difference is in putting the game in proper perspective. Right. And the game, the reason it's called the game is you play. Like when we were children, we would just go play. And we'd go play games. And we know that, based on research, is that games is how we learn. If we go and, and work on... So the typical way to go practice, everybody says, is let's go to the range and, and hit 100 balls a day. Well, what are you practicing? You're practicing a golf swing. You're not practicing the game of golf. So I give my players four different ways to practice and four different purposes for, you might call them four modules. Number one, mechanics, which means we're going to go work on your skill set, which means, you, for example, let's say it's chip. Mechanically, they don't have it. So we're going to go work on the mechanics of chipping, Okay. The next step is that once we have it, that's then we're going to do maintenance drills. I have the skill, but now I need to maintain it. The next part is I'm going to go play with it, which means you can use that on the short game area um, where it's, you know, you're going to chip and putt one ball at a time and you're going to go putt out. That's, that's a simulating how you play the game. And the next piece, then, then we talk about the mental side. Okay, so let's, now that I know how to, I know how to chip, let's go work on... We're going to go play the game. We're going to add our pre-shot routine. We're going to add our post-shot routine so that you're simulating the play of the game because so many times people just go to the practice range and they just beat balls. You know, they just beat balls thinking, I'm going to get better if I hit balls. And that's, that is such a, a, a false formula. It just doesn't work. It's, I call it the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, but going out and playing, expecting different results. Mm-hmm. And so one of, one of the important things that you talk about throughout the course of the book really is to find, find your why, why we play yes. the game of golf. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Yeah, that's the first question I ask most people is, like, why do you play golf? Because you, once you connect to the real reason you play golf, and if you, stay connected, if you stay connected to your why, you'll play better. Because where's your focus? Your focus is on the real reason why you're playing. You know, we have, you know, I, I teach young kids, I teach um, tour players, I teach women, men, all ages. And the first thing I ask them is, so why are you here? Why do you want, why do you want to play? And some of them don't have, they don't, they're not connected to their wives. Some, some, some of the women play, well, I have to, you know, my husband plays all the time, so if I don't want to be alone at home, I need to go, I need to go learn. 
or I have a you know a corporate executive that comes to me and says I need to go play because you know I'm losing opportunities in networking with the other um, associates in my firm, for example. And you know, and I said, well, let's go a little deeper. You know, why do you really want to play? Because is it a must or is it? Are you connected? I mean, go through your reasons. I mean, why do you play, Chris? The reason I play is because I just love the game. I just have a good time. You know, I have a good time playing with it. It's a great. It's a great way for me to stay, you know, connected and have a good time with my buddies mm-hmm. or my father and my mm-hmm. son. And you know, above you right. know, above all of those things, or in addition to all of those things, I love being outside. I, you know, it's just you know, golf courses are typically pretty beautiful places, and it's you know, yeah, it's right. just a nice, peaceful yeah. place. Yeah, a peaceful place. So, what does that why give you, Chris? Uh, it makes me feel good. It gives That's me right. it gives it me peace of mind. Good. Yeah, it gives you peace of mind. It gives you something. So your why right. really is 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 the internal motivator. It's the one that it gets you gets you to show up, right? So when you yeah. hit a, like for example when you when you hit a bad shot, not so good shot. I don't really call them bad shots. They just say not so good shots. Um, it's like the post shot routine is instead of going you know getting all upset about the the not so good shot, just stay connected to your why and say, huh. Oh, you know, if you turn, like, I love the quote that, that Tony Robbins always says. She says, if you turn your expectations into appreciation, your life will change. And think about it in a golf shot. If you didn't have an expectation, just like when we were kids, we talk about childlike behavior. When we were kids, we didn't have expectations. We just went to go play. And then, okay, if we fell down, you know, off of a swing, what did we do? We got back up. And we just went on. But as adults, we have all this conditioning and all this stuff that, that you know, all this negativity kind of around us and expectations that we're supposed to be this person. You know, I hear stories all the time about when a new member comes into a club and the first thing people talk about is their handicap number. They don't even know the person. But they're like, oh, man, she's a 16 or she's a 5. Automatically, what happens? There's judgment. There's expectations. I'm like, Wow. It's it's crazy how how people think versus you have no idea what kind of a person that person is, you know it's it's just um, it's sad that people don't play um, golf for the real reasons. Like you said, I just love the game. You know, I love being right. outside. I love being with my friends. So if you you know hit a night so great shot, then you just say, hmm, well, again, expectations or appreciation. I just go right to appreciation. Right. And you immediately get rid of the feeling of negativity when you think about appreciation. And you change your state, and that's what we want. From one shot to the next shot is we just stay in a, pe- um, a peaceful, relaxed. It's not relaxing. I mean, golf is dynamic. Golf is athletic. But you don't have to be on for four hours. The only time you have to be on is right when you're ready to go on stage to hit your shot. And that's what we teach people. We teach people, okay, how how do you want to be in your in your pre shot routine? You know, some people are very um, what do I want to say? Some people are very emotional when they get in there in their pre shot routine, and uh, some people are very like calm. Everybody's different, though. That's what's so great. You get to create your own process. I mean, look at the guys and gals on tour, and I think television does a disservice to the game of golf because we don't get to see everything. You don't get to see the peak performers when they're really on. You get to see them putt or you get to see them drive, but you don't get to see them in between shots. And I think that's what we're missing. You know, golf is the only game that's not televised or not shown through, you know, the 
beginning of the shot to the end of the shot, or I should say the beginning of the hole to the end of the hole. That's why I love playing, watching live golf, because you actually get to follow and see the players and what they're doing in between shots um, and, you know, how they're talking, how they're walking, what kind of language are they using, what's the relationship they have with their caddies. There's so much we can learn from peak performers that we don't get to. Sue, just a couple more before we let you go. And, and you mentioned, you know, teaching women. And you talk about in the book that, you know, the largest demographic coming into the game and leaving the game mm-hmm. are both women. Why is that? Yes, it's true. Well, it's the culture of the game and how we're, how women are introduced to it, in my opinion. You know, uh, there's a perception that, number one, is you have to be good to play golf. Uh, it takes a long time. These are all the perceptions. Um, you know, I can't play in it. I can't play in a corporate outing because I'm not good enough. Um, you know, so, and a lot of the times, <laughs> the first experience that they have isn't, isn't positive. I had a client that a woman came to me and, said, and I asked her why she's here, and she said, well, my husband plays all the time and I need to go play. And, and I, said, she go, I said, well, have you been on the golf course yet? And she said yes. And she goes, I, my husband and I went and played nine holes, and I just kind of watched him, and he went out and hit a shot in the middle of the fairway, and, he, and his ball went to the trees. And so he, he told me to go take the cart up to the green. So literally, guess what she did? She didn't know any better. She drove the cart to the green and on top of the green. And her husband <laughs> came running down, <laughs> running down, screaming at her. And that was her first experience of golf. So you can imagine, you know, just that, for example, like, wow, I don't want to be here. I don't, I don't have a clue. So it just tends to be intimidating. So... You know, there's so many great programs, Golf 101, go, Get Golf Ready out there, that really help and change that perception. Um, and that's what we need to do. We just need to change the perception that golf is not hard. Because that's what everybody says, it's the hardest game in the, in, the, in the world. Well, okay, why would you want to go jump into something that's the hardest thing you've ever done? Just change yeah. perception. It's not. Because why do you want to play? Again, go back to your why. Why do you want to play? I just want to be outside. And, and that's what we that's what we, we we just tell people to connect to our why because when you connect to the why, it really gives you a lot of good feelings. It stays positive. You get into the appreciation mode. You change your state. You change your focus and your languaging, and um, it's a whole different experience when you're in a different state. Sue, so, uh, one more before I let you go, and I'll get down to, uh, to a, a more personal level for my son because right? mm-hmm. so many of the things that you've talked to here we can put and wrap together in a bow that can really help him. He just he just made his high school golf team very proud of him for that. Sometimes though, yeah, he, exactly. he, you know, yeah. He, sometimes he lets the other thing like, you know, he'll look at the other boys and how far, you know, this boy, you know, who may be a right. year or two older than him or playing long, this boy hits, you know, drives mm-hmm. it, you know, so much further. So he, 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 he tends to get outside mm-hmm. of himself mm-hmm. and let that negatively impact his game. How can he do a better job of sort of staying within himself and, and not let what, what's going on around him get him off track? Right, and this is why we talk about expectations, turning his expectations into appreciation. Ask him why he's playing. Just ask him why he's playing. You know, have him read the book because there's so many great um, little tools and strategies about what is he focusing on. Um, and it, that's, the, that's, the, that's our culture. It's like, okay, I need to be better than somebody else. And, and that's not true. You just need to be you. And when you, when you find out who you are authentically, um, I mean, it, it's, a, it's amazing because you just, you know, you have to build, there's something going on in his subconscious that he doesn't think he's good enough. And it's not really about the drives. There's something else. And then go a little bit deeper and say, what do you get out of this? You know, and 
the culture is so driven in, in, you know, competition, judgment, judging, and have expectations. Just go back to ask him why he's playing because he's going to find out that, hmm, here's the real reason. Um, you know, just be you. And things change. That's what's so great about it. How old is your son? He's 16. 16, 17, 16. Yeah, so there's so many things that are going to change for him, which is a great thing. So today, you know, today is just today. People get so wrapped up in, you know, in the in the in the past and in the future. Today is just today. Life is about change, and and change 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 is a gift. It's such a treasure. It. And um, you know, I would just talk talk to him and ask him what's good about his game, and have him focus on what's right versus what's not what what's not right. Yeah. Because everybody has no. everybody has different different strengths. So if he focuses on I mean, look at Zach Johnson. He's not the longest guy on tour, but look how many wins he's had. Right. Everybody gets it. Right. Everybody gets it done. Everybody gets it done differently, and and that's all. The, that's all that matters is that everybody's different, and it's going to get done differently. And focus on what's right, because we can always find out what's wrong with things. But having focus on what's right on this game. That's great advice. Thank you very much for that, Sue. Absolutely. Before. Before we let you go, let our listeners know how can they a how can they you know get a copy of your book where can, where can they find it plus how can they follow you both online and over social media? Yeah, I'm um, <clears throat> my website is uh, sueweegergolf.com um, and it's spelled W I E G E R so it's sueweegergolf.com. Um, you can go to golf dash the last six inches dot com. That's the website for the book, um, and uh, you can find the book on Amazon. It's called Golf: The Last Six Inches. Um, uh, as far as my Twitter feed, it's um, at Sue Weger. Uh, I'm kind of known by LPJ Sue. Uh, that's you can follow me there. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Sue Weger. Uh, my Facebook page. Uh, please go in. We're doing a Facebook Live today, actually, here at um, the Oak Creek, a little bit in our workshop. It's Sue Weger Golf Academy. And, um, yeah, so you can go on to, for the Golf the Last Six Inches, you can find it on Amazon. And until March 1st, you can go to um, golfthelastsixinches.com, and you can download, I have a ACE performance training guide. That's a 35-page. Um, it has 12 simple exercises that you can download for free. You just opt in, put your email in there, and you can download it. Um, as of March 1st, that... that, that um, that training guide is going to be $99. It's a value of about $1,800 that I was giving away for the promotion of the book. So go in there, golflastsixinches.com, download that um, uh, training guide. Uh, you can use those fun exercises with your son. It would be fun some for him to you know, just engage in something different. Um, but that's, uh, that's how you can find me, sueagergolf.com. Outstanding. Sue, I, I, so many other things I wanted to talk to you about uh, the book. Unfortunately, I just didn't have enough time this morning. I hope you'll come back and join me again and uh, talk more about the things that, you know, some more about what you've got in the book and then, you know, help us, you know, maintain, as you talked about at the top, you know, how we can maintain those positive thoughts and, and the things that we're doing, you know, doing right and doing well. It's been great having you as part of the show. Thank you very much, and um, thank you to all the military um you know, members and their family, and I just uh, greatly appreciate what they're doing for, for us out there, and um, God bless you, and just um, go out there and, uh, you know, 
go find go find out what you love and what to do and just uh go change your brain, change your game, not just in golf. There you go. Thanks so much, Sue. I look forward to catching up with you, like I say, hopefully again real soon. Good luck today in, in, uh, in your uh, seminar that you're having, and uh, like I say, hopefully we get the, pl- the privilege of having you back on the show. I look forward to it, and hopefully we'll catch up in Atlanta and the Masters, Chris. There you go. <laughs> Thanks very much, Sue. Looking forward to it. Take care. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That is Sue Weger, and again, she spells her last name W-I-E-G-E-R. And again, uh, the website was golf-the-last-six-inches.com and follow her on Twitter, at Sue Weger. So great stuff from Sue. Look forward to hoping, hopefully catching up with her again real soon. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tee. But, you know, before we close up shop, we always like to remind you about our friend and uh, PGA Tour Pro Jim Estes and the great folks and what they are doing there at the Salute Military Golf Association. Let's hear a word from Jim. The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country. Hi, I'm Jim Estes, PGA Golf Pro and co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association. With my adaptive golf program, we've successfully helped thousands of soldiers in their recovery, both mentally and physically. The SMGA has been providing family-inclusive golf experiences across the country since 2007. To date, the SMGA has equipped more than 1,000 warriors with properly fitted golf clubs and has extended its clinic series to more than eight chapter and affiliate locations across the U.S. If you are a wounded veteran interested in participating or if you'd like to learn more about the Salute Military Golf Association and find a chapter closest to you, visit our website at smga.org. We've seen firsthand how impactful golf can be in aiding one's recovery. The Salute Military Golf Association, empowering wounded veterans one fairway at a time. Visit smga.org. That's smga.org. Yeah, folks, they're doing some amazing things there at the Salute Military Golf Association. Please, to find out more information and to see how you can get involved, go to smga.org. Folks, I also want to give a shout-out here on the show to, to our friends over at the Bobby Jones Company. Folks, you know how you know cold, damp, windy days, they can be game-changers for us out there on the golf course, but you can beat the odds with Bobby Jones layers from quarter zip pullover, pullovers to, you know, super soft sweaters that keep you both looking good and feeling good, whether you're in the office or out on the golf course. Please check out all of their great styles. Got the new spring line coming on at bobbyjones.com. And plus, while you're on that site, you can still watch playing lessons from Bobby Jones. And many of those lessons, folks, still hold true to today. Go to bobbyjones.com to see for yourself how great their apparel truly is and while you're on their site please click on the equipment link that you're going to see right there in the middle of the homepage to see the great line of drivers fairway woods hybrids designed by one of the game's most influential equipment designers and that's jesse ortiz you know jesse like his father lou and bobby jones himself had a passion for golf and, and golf club design you remember his great tri-wood uh, tri-metal fairway woods from his days back at olimar well now he's putting his creativity and his innovative design works you know out there for you know the great stuff that he's doing with the bobby jones company please check it out online again you can click on the equipment tab on bobbyjones.com or you can go directly there by going to bobbyjonesclubs.com and if you happen to be looking you know, for some great golf accessories, please check out our friends over at Frogger Golf. What a wonderful array of products that they have, like their amphibian towel that won the best new product at the PGA Merchandise Show back in 2009, or their new Catch Latch technology that won best new product this year. 
Their catch latch products allow you to easily and securely attach and release your golf accessories, including your GPS devices or your mobile phone, right to and from your golf bag. They've got a lot of other great golf accessories for as well for under $20, and their golf bags are absolutely tremendous, and that catch latch technology is built right into them, which is nice. Check them out online at froggergolf.com. All right, everyone, my sincere thanks again to Andy Trainer and Sue Weger for joining me today and, you know, making the show so much fun for me to be a part of, very informative as well. I hope you enjoyed it, too. Please, you know, you know give me your thoughts. Go online to our Facebook page, Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro. Share your feedback. Plus, if you've got a question for one of our future guests, you know, let me know, and I'll be sure to get it on the show for you. You can follow us online on, on our website as well at nextonthetea.net to see who some of those future guests are going to be. And you can stream or download any of our archive episodes for free from our website as well. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host Bob Lazari, our announcer Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio and on armedforcesradionetwork.org as well. That show like this one, like I say, is available as a free podcast from our great friends over at Podbean and on iHeartRadio as well. On that sister show, on our football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, we are joined every week by five NFL legends who come on to share their stories from their playing days and share their insights into today's game. We also highlight two players doing great things in, in, the, in their communities and our spotlight on the positive segment, so please check that out as well. So again, you can find both shows available online. This one, nextonthetea.net and thursdaynighttailgate.com. Folks, thank you for choosing to listen to the show today. We know you've got thousands of shows out there that you can stream or download, and we are, we are certainly appreciative that you're making Next on the T one of them. Until next week, my friends, hit them straight. You've been listening to Next on the Tee with Christmas Carol, where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors, and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Saturday to hear more stories about the game we love from the people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great game of golf.